piece was actually music coming from the church that Miguel and his family were stepping into in Port-au-Prince in Haiti. We shot that video in Haiti along with uh, Miguel in October of 2009, just a few short months before the earthquake rocked that city. And uh, it was through Miguel and our other AG counterparts there in Port-au-Prince that that uh, the Assemblies of God was able to, to find locations and to be able to, to put together a response to, to that disaster. And we're just so proud of, of Miguel and, and his family and, and our, our other AG brethren there that, that are accomplishing so much in that country of such great need. And, uh, you know, Miguel has an incredible passion to reach the lost of Haiti. And when we, when we commit ourselves to what God has for our lives, he, he plants that passion in us to, to do his work and to see what he has for us to, to, to become accomplished. And, and as country coordinators, Carrie and I in the, in the Dominican Republic, we, we oversee the 16 schools that Latin America Child Care has, has partnered with in that country and and. Our office is responsible for the management of all of the, the sponsorship funds that come in. We're, we're responsible for all of the, the translating back and forth from sponsors who write letters to their, their sponsored children and the, and the letters that the sponsors write or the, the, the children write back to their sponsors. And, and well, you know what? There's a whole lot of paperwork that goes with it. I mean, there's no way to get around it. There's just a whole lot of administrative stuff that goes with a, with a ministry that is as, as big as, as Latin America child care is in the Dominican Republic. But the fact of the matter is, that's not why we went there. I just tell you up front, I didn't go there to push paper. We, we went because God put a passion in our hearts. God put a, de, a, a desire in our hearts to see kids in the Dominican get a chance. A chance to grow up healthy. A chance to get an education. And a chance to know Jesus. And, you know, I, I have to say, we were, we were talking this morning, and, and, and Pastor Ben mentioned that, you know, if, if God puts it on your heart for, for you to go on this trip, he said, then the finances will show up. It will happen. And, you know, that we, we, we say things like that, and, 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 it, and it sounds like, okay, yeah, sure. But you know what? It's true. If God has put something on your heart, he can bring it to pass, as long as we have the faith to step out and do what's necessary. And, you know, here's the crazy part about that. In this, you know, I, I, I jokingly say when, when, I, when, I, when I eventually get to heaven, I, I'd like to sit down and ask God a few questions. I doubt I'll actually do that. But, but you know, jokingly, I say, you know, I, I'd like to know, God, why is that, why is your word a, a, a lamp unto our path? I want the deer shining light. I want to see a mile down that path, not just the next two steps I have to take. You know, I would love to see exactly with all the detail how all the funds are going to come in for me to be able to go on a trip like this one with Hope International. But sometimes all God shows us is we just got to sell two boxes of chocolate. What's going to happen after that? We don't know. You know, for, for Carrie and I, I have to tell you, I, I don't know if I was more excited or scared when we got that email. You know, I, I thought, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll, God, if this is you, I will do it. 
um, but I have to know it's you, so I'm not going to do anything. And, and if a door miraculously opens up, and, and then boom, you know, like Carrie was not kidding. That was the fastest answer to prayer I've, I've, I've ever had. And, and, and I said, oh, Lord. Now I had to decide if I really was going to follow through on what I had said, if I really meant it. And, and the fact of the matter is, all I got to see was that next step. And I had no idea what was going to come after that. And when I quit, when I had to, when it came to the point where they said, okay, Matt, you guys are approved. You now need to quit your job and go into full-time fundraising. One of the scariest days of my life. <laughs> you know, we had a house. We were used to having an, well, we were used to having two incomes. And, and, uh, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is when, if it, if it's something God has put on our hearts, he will bring it to pass. And for Carrie and I, he just did that in such amazing ways. You know, he accomplished things so much bigger than, than, than we could have done on, on our own in that first term in the Dominican Republic. You know, we, we, he's given us this, this burden to see kids get a chance to grow up healthy. And one way that God made that happen in our first term was by <clears throat> bringing alongside a partner to work with us in the, uh, in the hot lunch program. You know, our ministry of Latin America Child Care has taken the same hits economically that, that, you know, every business and ministry and family in the United States has taken over the last few years. And, and you know, our, our operating revenue, so to speak, you know, the, the income, the dollars that we have to work with for the kids is down like 30% over the last six years. And so, our, well, our hot lunch program had kind of turned into a hot chocolate program in, in some cases. I mean, it had just, that was just the reality of what we were dealing with. But uh, through a lot of prayer, you know, God opened a door and uh, Convoy of Hope has come alongside us and said, you know, would you be interested in, in uh, having us partner with you? We said, yes. And uh, as a result of that, we are now able to feed an extra three thousand school kids every single school day of the entire year because of the the extra food that they're that they're providing us with you know and it's not enough though to see them grow up healthy i mean that's giving them the fish right we would much rather teach them to fish so that we can change an absolute you know terrible situation of generation after generation living in abject poverty you know, I was, you know, I, didn't, I didn't even ask George. George and I were talking about cruises, and, uh, uh, you know, they had the privilege of stopping in the Dominican Republic once and, uh, while they were on a cruise. And I don't know, I mean, if you guys have, well, I, anybody that's been on the Hope International trip, you know what a beautiful beach is. I, I, I know that. The Dominican has an awful lot of them. It's crazy to me that with all of the gorgeous beaches that the Dominican has, I mean, picture-perfect postcard that over half of their population is earning less than $10 a day. I had one lady at a church say to me, I was in the Dominican Republic once. I'll never go back there. I said, why? She said, why? Well, I, I had this all-inclusive uh, package at this nice resort, but in the drive from the airport, to the resort, we went through some of the, the rural areas, and she said, the things that I saw haunted me the entire time I was there. I said, well, you, you just saw reality. You know, that's just the, the, the way things are. When you get off the beaten path and out of the touristy area, it's a very different picture. And Latin America child care 
has an opportunity to change that. I mean, these churches, these 16 churches that we've partnered with started the schools because it's an incredible need that exists. Carrie mentioned 20%. The number is actually 632,000. There are 632,000 kids in the Dominican Republic that should be going to school but are getting absolutely no education whatsoever because they're just, it, it isn't available to them. They're either the mom and dad can't afford the, the, the public school or it's too crowded or it just there isn't a school where they live. And so churches have, have saw that need and have stepped up to meet it and said, you know what, this is our, our social obligation. We're going we're gonna to help educate the young of this country. And we're so proud of them for doing that. And, and the 16 that, that we've partnered with are making a difference. I, I just love when we visit our schools for so many different reasons, but one of them is we can't visit one of the schools and spend a day there without, without having somebody say, oh, hey, I'd like you to meet Jorge. You know, he, he went to this school, graduated, and now has a good-paying job. He's making more than any of his family has ever dreamed of making, and is it's completely turned around his life. He's active in the church. And, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll use one example. Uh, Melvin. We were, we were uh, in the Dominican Republic this summer. We cheated. We, we, you know, we were home itinerating for the year. We're not supposed to leave the country. Uh, we slipped out under the radar. Um, actually, we, d we did get permission. We begged and pleaded, and, and headquarters let us lead a Michigan AIM team. We took a, a team of, of youth and, and uh, uh, adults from Michigan down to the Dominican Republic and, and worked with them for a week, and we were coming back, and I, was, uh, I had a different flight schedule than the rest of the team, but I was in Miami, and I was, I, was, I don't know, um, Missions trips can wear you out. I mean, you just, you pour out everything you have, right? And, and I was in Miami waiting for my bag at the carousel to go through customs. And I, I admit, I was mildly comatose. But this gentleman came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you're, you're that missionary, aren't you, in Spanish? And I thought, man, I thought I was done with Spanish for a little while. And, and I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, you came to my church. You, you preached on beans. So okay, well, that could be. You know, I, adapting to the culture, I, I, you know, be, cooking beans is a very Dominican thing, you know, it's like cooking a, uh, talking about cooking a Thanksgiving turkey or something here, I guess, you know, and, and, and but that stuck in his mind, the crazy gringo that preached on, be, on beans, and, and uh, come to find out, Melvin and I, as, as, as he introduced himself, he just, he just wanted to say hi, oddly enough, we were uh, both headed to Detroit, and interestingly enough, we were, we were both flying American Airlines, and would you believe it if I told you it, it turned out we were on the same flight? Now, I've been on 27 different flights this year, and that was by far the emptiest flight I have been on. The plane was not even half full. So Melvin and I were able to sit right next to each other, and we talked the whole way from Miami to Detroit, and he shared his story with me, how he was in... A difficult situation financially his family was was very poor but he got sponsored started coming to a Latin America child care school 
and starting learning to read and write and, and came up and when he graduated he was able to get a job and and pay his own way through a couple more years of college today Melvin is an architect has a family they attend the uh, uh, church in Santo Domingo and Melvin leads Royal Rangers at the church he spent half the flight talking my ear off, trying to get ideas on how to do better with their Royal Rangers program. And this is the kind of fruit that the, the, the schools are producing. When, when we give kids a chance, when we just adhere to Proverbs 22.6 and take it literally, when you raise children up in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not turn from it. God does amazing things. And of course, you know, it's not, I already kind of skipped ahead here, but it's not just, it's not just, giving them a fish until they can learn to fish and, and stand on their two, but it's, it's giving them a gospel message. You know, the, the schools in and of themselves are a wonderful, wonderful ministry to the poor. But it really isn't worth anything unless that gospel message gets shared. You know, all of our teachers, I love the attitude that they have. Each one of them views, whether they're teaching math or, or Spanish or science, they view what they're doing as a ministry. You saw Miguel's testimony. His teachers were on him all the time. Miguel, you can't be running off and getting caught up into that gang stuff. Miguel, you know, because they cared about him. 80% of the kids, 8 out of 10 of the kids that come into our schools are coming from unsaved homes. Now, why, you know, I think it's fair to ask this question, why would an unsaved family want to send their kids to a Christian school? Well, you know what? A lot of times it's because they don't have a, a, another option. A lot of times it's for financial reasons. And sometimes, and I've talked with parents and, 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 and asked this question, and they say, well, you know what? There, there's something different about the kids that go to these, this school. They just, they, they behave better. And I say, oh, Okay. Well, I hope you're ready because they're going to be coming home telling you about Jesus. And, uh, and, and we love the opportunities we get to, to, to pour into the kids' lives. A couple quick testimonies on, on that front. Sometimes uh, uh, sponsors will, will send a, a few extra dollars for a birthday or just a, a special gift. And when, when those dollars come in, Carrie, when we're in country, reviews the the report and, and takes those monies and, and goes to the store and says, okay, I'm going to get something. This is a uh, this age girl in this community, so that gives me an idea of what to get her. A few dollars came, a few extra dollars came down one month and Carrie did that and she went to the store and, and she said, I'm going to buy a deck of Uno cards. Now, while we're talking about buying presents for kids, actually, how many of you guys just look forward all year to Christmas presents and, and going to Walmart and just, you know, fighting the crowds and buying those Christmas presents? Last year, in 2010, Carrie bought Christmas presents for 2,400 kids. The, the folks at the toy store all knew her by name. Half the people shopping there thought she worked there. And she took cookies in for the staff, got the employee discount. Way to go, girl. But, um, but uh, so she, she, she goes to the store, she, she buys a deck of Uno cards, sends them on. Pretty soon a letter comes back from this little girl in Pedernales, little town right on the border with Haiti. And it says, dear sponsor, 
Thank you so much for my deck of Uno cards. My family doesn't really have any games, but you know, now I play Uno every day after school with my friends. You know, I think about those 39 packages that you guys have put together for kids and how they are just going to change a child's Christmas. And you think, well, it's a material thing. You know, is it really that important? You know, is it deck of Uno cards? But you know what? When I think about that, I think about Miguel. And I think about the other things that are there in his life and the other things that exist around every little Dominican child's life that want to pull them off into something different, onto a different path. And I think, you know what? God can use a deck of Uno cards to keep that little girl with her friends at the school and to keep her under that influence and to keep her from getting off into something that the, that, that, that the enemy would drag her into. You know, and I think about little girls like uh, Carla. We were in uh, San Francisco de Macariz. I have to say de Macariz, I, I made the mistake once of, of putting on Facebook, oh, we're headed up to San Francisco. People say, what are you doing in California? I said, no, 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 there is a San Francisco Dominican Republic. But uh, we were up there, and the pastor pulls me aside, and he says, Matt, come here. I want to introduce you to someone. Okay, great. Starts to tell me the backstory of this little girl, Carla. Her, her parents were, were completely lost in their addiction to drugs. Every little bit of money they could scrape together went to feed their habit to the point that they weren't even really taking care of their little girl. And she was more or less fending for herself. A family member got a hold of her and brought her to the school, said, is there anything you can do to help her? We found, they, they found her a sponsor. She started coming to school. She started learning to read and write. She started going home, telling her mom and dad about her day. She started going home, telling them the Bible stories that she had learned in school. She started going home telling them about Jesus. This went on day after day, week after week, for quite some time, until one day her mom came into the school, found the pastor, and said, you know what, preacher? I think it's time I start listening to what my daughter has been telling me. She kicked her drug habit, She kicked her drug habit, started coming to church. Her husband followed suit. And today, Pastor Harry's Mendy would tell you, they're not just two of the best attenders that he has at the church, but they're two of the best evangelists that he has in that community because everybody knows their testimony. And, and, and it was all because the gospel was shared with a seven-year-old girl. You know, and, and Miguel... You know, we don't, we don't put it in the video, but Miguel was a product of prostitution. His mom was caught up in that lifestyle, and that's why he got dropped off at Grandma's one night to be babysat, and she disappeared for 16 years. She didn't know how to handle it. But the grandma got him I into, the, into the school, and, and God got a hold of his life there called him to become a pastor. 
Miguel was pastoring in the west part of the country of the Dominican Republic and, and doing very well as a, as, a, as a pastor. He was succeeding. And, and God said, you know what, Miguel? I have something more for you. And, you know, that, 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 that brings up a, you know, another, another point, Pastor. You know, it's like, you know those, those little things, those little steps of faith. Remember when we, when we, when we take that one step, that, that lamp is only lighting that step that we have in front of us to take. But the fact of the matter is, if we will just have the faith to take that step, God has something bigger for us that he wants. But we have to be faithful in the small things before he's going to entrust us with the big things. And Miguel fit that mold perfectly. God said, I've chosen you. Miguel, you are faithful enough. You have, you are seeking my heart. I want you to become a missionary. There's all kinds of things Miguel could have said. The Dominican Republic doesn't send out missionaries. It's a poor country. We receive missionaries in the Dominican Republic. We don't send missionaries. Miguel didn't listen to any of that. He said, God, if that's what you want, you're going to have to make it happen, but I'm, I'm willing. Let's go. And God made a way. Because Miguel paved the path, the Dominican Republic, the Assemblies of God of the Dominican Republic has now sent out three foreign missionaries. Let me just, you know what? Guys, I am just so excited about AG missions. I didn't grow up AG. Okay, this is, this is relatively new to me, but I just love the way that the Assemblies does missions. You know, this, this whole story up here when Carrie was talking, she says, I'm going to teach you, you're going to be a disciple, now you're going to go tell other people. That's how, you know, we as a body, what are we, like 3 million people in the United States, 3 million believers in the United States? You know, have you ever, has anybody ever shared with you how many AG believers there are worldwide? I, we're knocking on the door, 70 million and we can't really count the ones in China because that's dangerous. So, you know, the, and how does that happen? That comes from when we say, God, we're going to do it your way. And we're going to disciple. And we're going to raise them. And they're going to go. And the Dominican has now sent out three missionaries. Miguel and his wife to Haiti. Another couple to Belize. And another couple to India. Let me just tell you something. Two of those three missionary couples, graduates from Latin America child care schools raised up in the way they should go. And now that they're old enough, they're spreading the gospel around the world. I just, I get so excited. You know, the assembly started with a commitment to the greatest evangelism the world has ever known. And if those few believers that made that commitment back in 1914 could see what is going on today, I think they would be blown away. And you guys are a big part of that. And just kudos to you. I mean, you guys did this royal welcome and everything. But you know what? You guys are the ones that deserve the, the royal welcome for your involvement in, in missions and seeing it happen. And I just wish you could hear more of, of what happens with those missions dollars and what happens with those missions prayers that you lift up and send around the world. <sighs> I'm out of time. But thank you. You know, thank you so much for praying for us. We have, we have prayer cards on our table in the back. Uh, uh, our old ones were too stodgy. Carrie made me do a new photo, so they're, they're up to date. You know, you can grab one of those and pray for kids. Pray for our teachers in the Dominican. My heart goes out to them. I mean, they make such a sacrifice to, to pour into kids' lives. 
and, and, pray for, and pray for us and our safety. I know that we've been in some pretty rough situations over the last several years, and, and, and it has just brought such a peace that I know there are people praying for us back home. And thank you today for, for helping us financially to get back to the Dominican. I, uh, well, <laughs> fact of the matter is we got a whole lot more decks of Uno cards to buy. A whole lot more little girls like Carla to reach. And a whole lot more little boys like Miguel to inspire. Thank you so much. It's pretty exciting to hear the stories and the testimonies. I love that. Uh, it's inspiring. It inspires me to not only to consider uh, my prayer life to be upped and to say, okay, I'm going to pray for those kids. I'm going to pray for those teachers. I'll pray for your safety. Uh, but then also to, to consider, uh, okay, what, I, what can I give? What could I, you know, to stretch myself to give and, to, and then, of course, to go. And it's been one of my personal goals is to, to be out of the country on a missions trip every year. Uh, and about five years ago, as part of uh, a, an exercise that I had done to list out 50 goals for my life. And, uh, and it's just healthy to go. And I know that many of you will be considering through this season to go to the Dominican with us next year and, uh, and believing God to provide for, th for those things. But this morning, as we close our service, uh, I want us to take a moment and to consider, you know, even the story that Matt and Carrie uh, have shared about themselves, their answer to missions. And maybe even, uh, you know, for most of us, uh, we probably would relate more to Matt's story, saying, okay, all right, God, if you really, you know, you know, a light bulb comes on, or if I hear an audible voice, maybe I'll go, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but but w the responsibility that all of us have is to do what God uh, has called us to do. And I love what you said, God, I will do it your way. And, uh, and I pray that our hearts, as we uh, close our service today, will scream, God, I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. And whether that's to pray and to say, I'm going to pray, and I will pray for those kids, those teachers. I'll pray for safety. I'll pray that finances come in. Or if you say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give. God, I'll do it your way. And uh, knowing that, that God's word says, if I give, it'll be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over, so I can give even more, right? Or, Lord, I will go. I'll do it your way. Lord, if you put it on my heart, I will go. And uh, whatever the case might be. This morning, I want to challenge each and every person here to, to, uh, to give an offering for Matt and Carrie. Love. A love offering. That's cute. Um, there are uh, envelopes on the back tables if you're not prepared to, to do so uh, yet. You can just get up and uh, grab one of those And uh, this as we close our service. And I want to challenge you to, to take a step of faith and to, to give a, a gift of sacrifice. Um, I would venture to say that probably the majority of us spent some cash this last week. Black Friday specials, you know, uh, getting to and from different places, uh, you know, planning ahead for Christmas, things like that. And uh, let's not forget our missionaries this morning. Let's give generously. 
And uh, Jessica and I will be doing that, and uh, we want to be a blessing to you guys. And then also that faith promise piece. I can't tell you how important that is. It's through faith promise giving that we support missionaries just like Matt and Carrie Love on a regular basis. And so we appreciate your support in that. And if you want to fill out a card, put that in the offering as well. Um, that would be that'd be wonderful. And then we're only taking one offering this morning, so our tithes and offerings would be included in this offering. And so ushers, why don't you come at this point as we set our hearts before the Lord, as as our as we are considering what we could do individually and then corporately uh, to be a blessing, not only to this body, but to our missionary guests this morning. And let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear from heroes that have given up their livelihood here in the States, the creature comforts of uh, Michigan living, and have given their lives to the Dominican Republic people through Latin American child care. Lord, I pray, Lord, for Matt and Carrie, Lord, that you would just bless them, that you would help them, God, in every step that they take. Lord, that it would be ordained by you, that there would be protection, but Lord, that there would be favor. Favor in finances, Lord, I pray, but also favor in souls, one to you. It's only because of you. And Lord, just use them in a powerful way. And Lord, I pray that as we would consider even this morning, Lord, what do you have for us? Lord, that we could pray and we could, we could be a blessing in that way. And Lord, that we could also give and be a blessing, give a portion of what you've allowed us to steward in our lives. And Lord, could it be that you're planting some seeds this morning for a missions trip next year, 2012, in the hearts of some of our parents, in the hearts of some of our students, young and old alike. Lord, challenge us to go, to be a part of what you're doing in the Dominican we'll thank you for that. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you just stay seated. Let's go ahead and receive an offering, and then we'll close uh, here in just a moment. Mm -hmm. 